What is up everyone and welcome to episode 351 of Combo's Court and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Today's show Bobby White of High Power Performance joins in to talk about his new online program. Good Drill, Athletic Performance, Sleep, and more. You can find Bobby on Instagram at Bobby White. That's B-O-B-B-Y-W-H-Y-T-E. You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Bobby White, High Power Performance. Welcome to Combo's Court. Actually, a listener of the show, a friend of the show, a friend of Combo. I got to get more of my friends um, on the pod or they, they start calling me Hollywood. It's crazy. It's crazy. Bobby. Yeah, I've been I've been saying that. And I think a couple of me and a couple of your other friends have been talking about that a lot. So I'm glad you finally got me back here after <laughs> like three years. I don't think anybody's listened to your show more than me. Wow. I don't know, I don't know how we could. I don't think I've missed an episode. I have like five podcasts I listen to, and yours is one of them. And when it shows up, I'm like, it goes on. I really appreciate that, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is great. Uh, you get a lot of your NBA information from it, uh, from what you're telling me, right? Because you're so locked in, so focused on the training aspect of basketball. I'm just locked in on a lot of things. So I don't have time to, you know, I, I, I watch basketball every single night, but I don't really like follow it as much as I'd like. So just hearing your take on it and the guys you get on, and I like the – yeah, I get a lot of different aspects of the game. You know, mm-hmm. you get strength guys on there, trainers, coaches, ex-players, all different types of people, and you actually played. So it's nice to hear. I'm not giving you all the compliments in the world. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, it, I mean, it is combos court. So I mean. Yeah, but it, it's cool that you have a player's background and to hear your take on things. It's like the other show, I like uh, The Ringer with uh, The Real Ones with Rajah Bell. And, him. you know, I like hearing the player's take on it, and I think he does a good job as well. I think you're that- right there. Yeah, there you go. Shouts to Raja, man. Shouts to Logan Murdoch on that show as well. But um, look, man, I've been actually doing your program. It's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, I've been enjoying it. I really like just pushing through heavyweight. You know, it's uh, it's fun, and that's what your first phase starts out with. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's honestly the most important thing. It's. Uh, I've been trying to talk about it more. Every trainer, coach, SNC out there is, you know, every day there's a new exercise variation. Try this out, try this out. And in the scheme of things, that's just one small piece of the puzzle. And I don't think it does any service. It's like an overload of information without any substance. So I'm, I tried to put together something that's really simple because the amount of load matters. The tempo of the rep matters. The amount of reps you're doing, the sets you're doing, the consistency, the frequency, the format, like there's so much stuff that matters. And we just keep putting out exercise variation after exercise variation. But unless you understand how that fits into a whole program, it's not going to do much good for anybody. No, I totally agree. And that's what makes your program different. It's not like I never did those exercises before, but probably not in that rep range, probably not in that tempo, maybe not that exact amount of rest time. I mean, that's the difference between one program to another. We're not really creating new exercises. I guess you can, but that's not really the point of starting a new routine. Well, nobody's creating new exercises. Like, so that's a whole, like, no, there's not, 
unless you're a thousand year old yogi or like, you, I mean, are you claiming to invent movement and exercise? Like movement is movement. We're just loading different movements. Like you're not, there's not inventing anything. You know, there's different things that look different, but it's not inherently like strength training. You're, you're, you're stressing the system and that, that's what it's about. And we're, we're looking for new and creative ways to stress the system. And I think a lot of people are just out here looking for different rather than looking to be better. So eventually a routine, a routine does get too easy and um, needs to be changed, right? You can't do the same routine forever. When do you think an athlete should change his routine and what kind of indicators will he get when he needs to do that? I, I, when you stop seeing a positive adaptation, right? So there's some people that can fall into a routine. You, you can do the same workout, but as long as you're progressively overloading, right, the exercises, which means you're adding more weight to it, it's not the same thing over and over again. And so when it comes time to change it, like high school athletes, high school basketball athletes, I mean, I, me personally, I can get bored very quickly. So if I can see, if I see an athlete getting bored, yeah. I have to, is it time to change that? Is, is that a good reason to change it? Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Maybe he's just lazy, right? But honestly, it comes to, I think, measuring from the beginning and tracking progress. And if you're not doing that, there's no real way to tell if what you're doing is even working. And I think a lot of people fall into a trap where they just start working out, but they're not measuring anything. So they don't know if they're getting better. And that's harder to create buy-in, right? So I measure every athlete I train when they come in. I have an entire assessment process where we're looking at a whole bunch of different things. And in the course of you know a month later, two months later, three months later, I'm going to retest and see if they're making improvements. If they're not, okay, I need to change something. And if they are making improvements, let's keep doing this because it's working and it makes it so simple. So the good drill program is good, but I'd like to ask you this. What do you think about the word drill? The word drill? What do I think about it? I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just not a fan of it anymore because no. I, feel like, I feel like it's the opposite of play. And that's, I think that's the whole good drill thing. I was making fun of it. It was, ah, okay. it was completely sarcastic. The drills don't matter as much as the intention to focus to, you know, because me and you could do the same exact drill, but get entirely different uh, experience from it. Mm -hmm. Right. We could do it two different ways. It depends really on what we're feeling, uh, how we're put the energy going into it. Are we present? There's so many other things where the drill doesn't really matter. And I'm not, I'm looking at drills that are going to create as much carryover to the game as possible. So now we're talking about more of the skill development side. Everything I want to do, I ultimately want to carry over to the competition. And if it's not doing that, why are we doing it? And I think another thing is about drills is a lot of times athletes will go through them and just kind of check them off their list instead of being active in why this could help yourself and really focusing in on the drill itself and how it makes you better. Not just saying, Oh, I did a hundred of these and 200 of these and a hundred of these. And I think that's where like the deep work really comes in. Right. And that's, I mean, that's more of that. I would call that the, the traditional training model, right. Where mm -hmm. the focus becomes on, you're trying to, I'm going to shoot the ball so many times that it will free up brain space to do other things. So I'm going to try to execute the skill over and over in the same way. Right. And I'm going to try to automate it. And that's going to, this is the, the idea, the thinking behind traditional training. So I'm going to automate this and that'll free up brain space to make decisions. But what happens with that model is you start, the emphasis becomes on time spent in the gym, the amount of reps, right? And this could lead to burnout, fatigue, a whole bunch of bad things, by, because everything is, all right, I got to go in, I got to get a thousand shots today. I got to spend 10,000 hours in the gym. I got to do all of this where I don't want the focus to be on the sets and reps. I want the focus to be on development. And now I got to figure out ways to promote that. 
Yeah. I mean, you mentioned burnout, but you do have to find that balance of challenging yourself and not overdoing it at the same time, because you know, to get into flow state, you do need to, I mean, get a little bit outside of your comfort zone, but not to a point where you can't. Yeah. And that's, that I like Stephen, it's an arbitrary number, but Stephen Collar talks about the 4% rule, right? I, I read and, his book. Yep. Yeah. So that's a challenge skills ratio ratio where he wants to challenge to be 4% greater than mm -hmm. your current skill level. And I, I mean, it, it's a number, I, there's not much weight to that number, but it's a, it's, it's a kind of a visual, something I can feel it's more tangible that everything I'm doing, I mean, if I want to promote flow, I'm trying to get that challenge just above the current skill level of the athlete I'm working with. Yeah, that's, he, he wrote a great book on flow and he kind of talks about also how staying off your phone could get you into great flow because you could see the world from a bigger perspective, you know? Yeah. Staying off your phone, so important. I've been trying to stay out the metaverse, Bobby. I've been trying to stay out the metaverse and just producing more and not consuming as much. Uh, How's that going? Really well, really well. I mean, I, for a while now, I haven't touched my phone for the first hour of the day, probably longer than that, to be honest, and the last hour of the day. But I'm definitely not taking my phone to more places now. And it's always something that I think about really often. Like, I'm thinking about it all the time to to an extent that is scary, like how much I think about not being on my phone. <laughs> yeah, I need to get... I'm going the complete opposite direction. Oh, really? <laughs> I was really good at it. And I had all these rules. And now that I wrote this online program and I'm pushing that, I, it's like, I, I, I want to figure it out. Like, I think me and you are similar that anything we want to do, we want to be the best. Like, we want to be experts in it. And right now, this is a whole new, like, venture for me. So I'm really just putting stuff out there, putting stuff out there, putting stuff out there, trying to see what works. And in my mind, that'll eventually get me back to the freedom that I want. But right now is a time where I'm like, I'm in that metaphors or whatever well yeah and i think it's important for you to produce as much as possible like i think my output on social hasn't changed even though maybe i'm on the phone a little bit less like my thing is just like you know being really diligent in producing what i want to produce and put the time into it get it out there and kind of leave and i think the mindless scrolling would be the biggest thing that i'd like to stay away from and just focus on what I'm doing in a lot of different ways, even though there's a lot of great stuff to learn from out there. I mean, and I do listen to podcasts and obviously I, there are great people that I follow and I want to see what they're putting out, but I do try and keep, you know, my mindset on, uh, yeah, just staying away from the phone, man, staying out the metaverse. That's what I kind of go back and forth on if I want to be following other people to see, because that, that's a way I can see what's working. So I can follow other people in my space and see what yeah, they're putting definitely. out and seeing the engagement they're getting. Or should I just keep my head down, post stuff and get off and just do my own thing? And it's kind of, you know, I'm not sure. I'm going to figure it out, though. Well, I think a combination of both. Yeah. Yeah. I think you got you definitely want to see what people are doing to see, as you said, what's working. I want to ask you this, Bobby. Are you still um? Static stretch after dynamic stretch before guy, because that's what I've been doing pretty much my whole life. So tell me if I'm uh, wrong on that. <laughs> if, if, if you think it works, it probably works. Yeah. And I think that's an overlooked that everybody wants to argue these things, what to do, you know, static versus dynamic for, we can use any list of this. Is, this is what I figured your answer would be, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I can't give, I, there's days I don't stretch. There's days I spend a lot of time on mobility. There's days I don't cool down. There's days I do cool down. Um, I, I think I'm moving a lot in general. I mean, I'm working out every day. I'm in the gym every day. I'm walking with my dog every day and I'm moving a lot. So there's, I, I if I'm, we're, I'm training, right? And I got a group of kids in there and we're going to play at the end. I generally just walk on the court and start playing. I don't get hurt. And it's because I'm moving all the time. I think the people that don't do that and then all of a sudden throw themselves into a situation where they're sprinting at max velocity, right? That's an issue and you probably should warm up. 
But uh, I think it's more of a case by case basis. And, you know, if there's a mobility issue that you want to work on, yeah, spend time on it. Humans were meant to move. Yeah, we were. That's a fact. We got to keep doing it. You know what I mean, Bobby? If you don't use it, you lose it. A hundred percent. So, I mean, we see all the great players in the NBA. A lot of them could slow down really well. Kyrie's one of them. Harden's one of them. Luca's another one. How do you like to train a player to, for him to get that or her to get that ability to slow down? How do you work on that? Um, from a, like a weight room perspective or from, well, I mean, you're, you're a blend of both, which is great. So I'd love to hear both perspectives. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the first step right now that I'm doing with all my athletes is a real slow eccentric strength training phase where mm. you're going to, you're still holding heavy weight. And, and so if you don't RPEs rate of perceived exertion, I want my athletes to get up to a seven, eight, nine, where it's pretty tough, but I'm let's we'll use a squat, for example, where you're going to control the lowering phase or the negative phase for six to eight seconds. And, um, it's an older study, but in a book, Triphasic Training by Cal Dietz, he talks, he took, had a group of baseball players and they all were training for the shuttle run. He took one group of those baseball players and had them do the traditional training for shuttle run, change of direction, this and that, which is a slow down, change direction, go, right? That's a typical shuttle. And then he took the other group of baseball players and he had them just do an eccentric phase, right? Which is what I'm talking about. Concentrating on a slow eccentric. He was using higher loads over 80% right? Mm. What group made better improvement on their change of direction in their shuttle? You tell me. The group that did the weight training and not the traditional change of direction stuff. So here's what I'm thinking on studies like that. You're often working on things you never worked on before. So you're going to see the biggest adaptation a lot of times, right? Like if those players were always working on that and not the traditional stuff, if you add the traditional stuff in, that might've gave them the biggest adaptation, right? Yeah, there's a lot of value in that and changing things up and giving new stimuluses to create new adaptations. And I'm constantly looking for ways to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, <laughs> that's a great point, Combo. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think like, because here's what happens. Somebody does something new and then it works for them and they think, oh, this is the holy grail. This is yeah. what it is. Like, look how much this worked for me. And then now, over time, I mean, it kind of the adaptation starts to slow down and you got to find something new and then you still have to have balance on the things you used to work at. And it's a never ending process. I guess that's why athletic development is such a fun topic and just a fun thing in general, because you can never totally get it. No, and that's where the quote comes from. I mean, the best exercise is probably the one you're not doing. hundred percent. Right? Uh, like and also like people who lift a lot, they could probably benefit from yoga. People who are doing yoga a lot could probably uh, benefit from resistance training. So you always kind of have to like, it's about slowing down too and realizing what you're not doing. Yeah. And it's so easy for us to get like hyper-focused on one aspect and neglect other aspects, right? 100%. So I have a lot of high school basketball players that fall in love with strength training and then they're 80% of the time they're focused on their strength training and they're neglecting their, their skill development, their playing. And at some point the, their limiting factor <laughs> is not strength, right? And it could be mobility, it could be yoga, it could be anything, where we start getting hyper-focused on these things and then really neglect what's going to move the needle. And that's why as a trainer, as a coach, I need to constantly be looking at from player to player, what's going to move the needle more. Yeah. And it must've been difficult for you or a challenge for you to make that program because you know me, I'm always uh, texting you. You could have added this, you could have added that, but you could always keep adding and then it would get ridiculous. Right? Yeah. That's why I come go make your own program. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a great program. And I feel like it touches on everything. 
and it's done in uh i don't want to say a limited amount of time but it's great time management and you're really like well i only started with the first phase of this of the strength part but i just think you're touching on a little bit of everything and it's great balance it's so that's what i get asked the most by coaches is kind of how I structure as a, you know, I call me a hybrid trainer. I don't actually like that name, but you know, because I do the skill acquisition piece and the strength training piece, it's like, how do you manage that? And how do you put it together? And before I released this program that people could buy, I sent it to like the kids I've trained for five years that I like my little brothers and I had them all look at it and they're like, this is like, it's really hard to encapsulate what you do in the gym, you know, in an online program. And every single one of them kind of had the same response. And like, I think it did a really good job of doing that. So I'm really proud of it. You know, the Instagram posts you post are, I mean, they're really fun. And I feel like stuff like that gets super engagement, but do you get into the reps without the athletic development on the court? Like, let's just say taking a whole bunch of spot up jumpers at the end of a workout or one dribble pull-ups, or do you usually incorporate the athletic development with the skill development most of the time? What do you mean? I think there is value. It'll, it, there's great value in a lot of stuff you do with incorporating the athletic development with the skill development, but sometimes you just need to get reps up, right? Like yeah. shooting 500 spot up jumpers, not saying you're not doing that, but so that's, so for like shooting five, I, I would never go in there kind of with the goal of shooting 500 jumpers, right? I'm going to go uh, in yeah, there. It wasn't about the number. Sorry. It's about like reps and game situation. And sometimes you focus on the game situation. Sometimes you focus on the reps. And then you're obviously with you, you're often mixing the athletic development into it as well. We're not, I keep it separate though. So like I have, like if kids train with me, they're going to get their strength work in the hour before their skill work. So it's not like I'm going in and going back and forth and trying to combine everything into one session. Like I'm keeping the weight room, the weight room for the most part. And then I get to use my knowledge of human movement and all that with how I train basketball players. But then we're keeping the stuff on the court. My weight room stuff, like you've seen in the program is super simple, right? I'm trying to build the house, build the structure. That way we don't break down when we're out doing what we're supposed to do. And then on the court, that's where we're getting specific. That's where there's going to be more carryover. Do you think, I mean, I guess I'm thinking outside the box now, you think there could be a benefit of having, <laughs> of having weights on a court and blending so it? This is how I would do it. So there, you know, like contrast training, where you're going to do a heavy compound lift. Uh-huh. Then- I mean, Tim Grover's first jump attack book was all about that. All right. yeah, yeah. So we can go French contrast, any of these methods where there's contrast. And that's yeah. where uh, Corey Schlesinger, he's a strength coach for the Phoenix Suns. I've been talking to, I need to get his box. He developed a box that has all these different attachments. I mean, a squat rack pull up, there's ramps all this kind of stuff. And, it, it's, and it's, his, it's his product. Yeah. It's, it's his actually, product. Oh, that's yeah, look at the yeah. Phoenix Suns. I just posted about it. I'm, I, I, I got to, I got to sell I've, enough online programs to buy it, but that's my next <laughs> goal. <laughs> I've, no, I've seen him talk before. He's a really smart guy. Yeah. So that's what, so you could, if you had it and I could do it because my, my weight room is on a stage and it's right next to the court. So if I want to do contrast training, rather than doing a box jump or something that isn't as specific to the sport, we can do a heavy compound movement, right? Get our squats in and immediately drop to the court and get five dunks in. And that's going to be, in my opinion, more carryover than doing box jumps. Because, I mean, think about what is a box, does look at a box jump, like visualize it. Like two hands, snap down, jump up, land on a box. And now look at a dunk. It's similar, but it's not the same. You're not managing that horizontal to vertical energy transfer, Right which happens mm-hmm. every time we're dunking. It's not a straight up and down jump, right? Will it have benefit? Yeah. Will it get your vert up? Yeah. But there's more to dunking a basketball than a vert. There's a whole skill aspect where we have to be comfortable jumping with a ball in our hand, right? 100%. So I like to, I don't do much jumping in ter- I don't do much box jumping or like static, that kind of stuff. I try to keep all my jumping on the court. 
Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to yourself when you were starting out playing the game? <sighs> relax. <laughs> Just relax. That's what I, I, I had a, in my mind. I had a, I did, I had division one athleticism. I probably had division one skill set, but I had like a D four, you know, mindset. And I just didn't believe myself. So it would have been, and I don't know, I had to go through what I went through, right. With that kind of stuff to get to where I'm at now and have the compassion I do as a coach and trainer, but it would have been more on like, just, you know, you're okay. Yeah. And from a training aspect, I'm sure there's some things you would have done differently. Right. Yeah. So my, there's a lot of people like me now that I open my mouth more because I hear people come back to me. My default for everything was work harder. Right. Yeah. If I had yeah. a bad game. The answer was to work harder. If I, if I missed a jump shot, I need to go shoot a thousand. And it, I wasn't missing jump shots and I wasn't having bad games because of my lack of work. There was a, there was a mental piece. There was an emotional piece that I was missing just to relax and get in the flag. I couldn't get in a flow state because I was too worried about running the play correctly. So the coach didn't yell at me and I didn't have a strength problem. I didn't have an athleticism problem. I didn't have a skill problem. Could that stuff always improve? Yes, but that was not my limiting factor. Right. You were, and you were six, seven, bro. You got, you got the, you got the size, you know? Yeah, you, you, were, you weren't lacking any tools. So, yeah, no, no, it's all upstairs. I mean, that's what separates players. It's all upstairs for for a lot of it. And um, and yeah, I mean, working hard is so important, but you have to work smart as well. And following guys like yourself and, you know, Mike Dunn, it's like doing the stuff that you guys are teaching with less amount of time is so much more important than putting up like a thousand jump shots. Like like if you follow Mike's stuff, you could probably work for. 20 minutes a day and get more benefit than somebody else working for two hours a day. Right. Yeah. On their, and, and you get even more, way more benefit. Right. So like think of a new basketball player, like a kid first learning to shoot just the act of shooting a basketball is enough stimulus to create the adaptation. They don't need much outside stuff, but at some point to get that carryover, rather than we're talking about reps and stuff, rather than going out and shooting for an hour, I'd rather that person go out and shoot for 15 minutes with somebody trying to block them, right? Or like, you know, add some type of uh, interference or duress to that situation. Because that's the thing, I could, if I went to the park with my dad and he was rebounding, it was just me and him, I was a great shooter. But the second I stepped on the court, I mean, I'll throw that ball over the backboard when I was younger. Yeah, I mean, I freaked out. (laughs) You you mentioned you were working very hard. When, what are some signs that an athlete should pay attention to and to let them know that maybe they need a day off or not even a day off, maybe a day of active recovery. Cause you know, even for me now, it's hard for me to take all off rest days. I might just, you know, on an off day, maybe do some pull-ups or stretch. I mean, maybe not do too much. Do you like those kind of days in terms of active recovery and how does the athlete know that maybe they should take a day off or a day for active recovery? Real easy off the bat, you know, pain or soreness, right? Mm, Yeah. And that's, where like I, I, you've, I've heard you talk about, we've probably talked about it going through college. I would walk into the season feeling great, taking off from wherever to dunk the ball. And two weeks in, I was broken down and I just couldn't, my body couldn't sustain the college schedule. If, um, if, co- if colleges took things like that into consideration, they would have a tremendous advantage on other colleges, just like yeah. the way they approach athletic development, skill development, rest and recovery. And I think we're getting better at it in terms of not we, but just colleges are getting better at it, but come on, man. Like, we used to run 50 uh, what they used to call suicides in a row. Like what was really the point of that? Like our cardio was at a point where it was good enough already. Like, there was no point like that. The time allocation was bad, real bad. Yeah. I, I got destroyed. And some people have the genetic makeup that can handle that kind of stuff. 100%. I didn't. Right. And that's hey, where hey, hey, you know what the funny part about that is, is that those people that could, you know, they could kind of take that stuff. They're genetically predisposed to be able to take those, that amount of money running, right? 
they start out the season sometimes with a lot of playing time because they're running around like madmen and they don't stop. But over time, the better players get the playing time. And that has nothing to do with becoming being the better player. So like no. those guys have the advantage in preseason, but the better basketball players end up playing throughout the course of a season a lot of times. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And then from there, I sleep. You know, I know when it, when I'm overworking or I'm over busy, my brain starts to go and then I start losing sleep. And that's, I think, to have some type of measure to know how much sleep you're getting and be aware because you can fall into a trap where you're like, you know, getting four to five hours of sleep and you don't even know it. And it's like, what the heck is wrong here? And you just start living like a zombie kind of out of it, at least for me anyway. So I need to, like, I, I have, I, I track my sleep. I need to know how much sleep I'm getting. 100% the same. I mean, and I don't do anything fancy. You know what I do? I look at the clock. I close my <laughs> eyes. And if, the, if it's not eight hours later, I'm a little bit upset. But I, I put a premium on sleep. Like, I don't play around my sleep, especially now as, you know, I got a little bit older. It's something that I don't play around with. And I make sure I get... It, I try and get eight hours every day, but if you don't do that, you're not living the right way. Like the whole rest of your day just won't be as productive and there's nothing you could do about it if you don't get enough sleep. Yeah. And there's studies where lack of sleep, I mean, uh, raises your level, uh, chance of getting injured. Like it's a real thing. Like lack of sleep can lead to you getting injured. And so, I mean, that's super important. And, it's and I'm thing. sure, I'm sure there's studies that say it's lack of focus because it's hard to focus when you're in that dazed state. Yeah. You're, it's kind of like your brain's all over the place. You're thinking here, you're thinking there, you know? And even with, that's how I used to do it. I would watch the clock and then I got the aura ring. So now it's tracking my sleep. Ah, you're fancy, Bobby White. You're very, fancy. I'm very, 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 very fancy. And then, uh, so I would get, I would go to bed and think I'd get eight hours of sleep. But then now this ring is telling me I got like six and a half. I'm like, what the heck? Uh, yeah. I don't, it might not be real. It might, sometimes those things are off, man, right? It's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be pretty good. It's pretty fancy. Well, you know, what's interesting. That could also be mental that could be like a mental trick that yes, you, if you actually did get your eight hours and that thing says six and a half, you're like, damn, I'm feeling a little bit tired. Maybe yeah, I need a nap. To... I need a nap. Yeah. <laughs> it's only, that is funny. I got to measure my vert, Bobby. I got to measure my vert. I haven't measured it before the program. That's a huge problem, huh? There's a huge problem. It's important. Do you measure anything else? Did you, measure, anything else? Did you well, measure your broad jump? Did you measure anything? I ha I mean, well, in the past I have, but not for your This program. sounds like a long no to me. <laughs> excuses Cabo's over here making excuses that's what I'm saying. it's not hard go get a piece of measuring tape measure, got, your, measure get something well no i could do my how tape. are you gonna know if it's working so now you're like oh it feels good I oh feel did good. you i posted on instagram yesterday one-on-ones i took the body i threw it down i'm thinking like oh bobby i'm getting some adaptation you know i wasn't okay. really doing this i also took off my knee brace which was which felt Easy, great so if you can't measure your vert go to a hoop jump it film yourself jumping as high as you can and at least you have something that now, you know, a month now, two months from now, you can take another video of yourself. Well, they, as get, as you can on, they might, on they might, book. they might raise the rim. Cause I've been dunking so much. You might oh put it up to 11. You're just trying to make Eddie, like, why, why is it? <laughs> no, so no, you're right. How, you, how about this? you don't want to measure it. Cause you're scared of what it's going to be. No, that's not it at all. You know what I mean? Well, I'm just trying to get you to do this so I can show everybody how good my program is. So you're killing me. Uh, but that is, that is a good way to get me to do something because like when Shame. people, no, it's like, are you like when somebody says they're like they know they, they can get me in the gym by telling me I'm ducking the run, right? Yeah. So I'll so so I'll literally like, nah, I'm not going over there. Nah, I'm not going there. And they know now nah, you're ducking the run, bro. You're ducking. And that makes you want to go over there one day. And I'm like, I really came over here because this person said that to me. Like sometimes yeah. some there's some things about competitiveness that they're it's it, 
it, it's a negative sometimes because there was no reason for me to go over there. I could have just played yeah. right here, you know. You are that petty. Yeah, I am that petty, and then I'm me gonna too. tell the, and then I'm gonna talk a lot of smack, you know, especially if I had the yeah. game winner, you know. I'm very competitive, Bobby. Very competitive. Well, I, we played in the same leagues, man. I was right there. Yeah, you know how it is. You know how it is in New York. You're yeah, a Jersey guy, back, but, but you I don't know back how it down. Is. I never back down. Nah, no, you don't. You don't. It was always fun playing basketball with you, Bobby. Bobby, anything else? Anything? Where can we find the good drill? Because, you know, you sent me one and I'm really appreciative of, appreciative of you because I really enjoy it. Like, it's uh, it's fun. You know, I like trying new workouts and it's not new in the sense where we're doing new exercises, but, you know, the tempo, the rep ranges, everything. I love it, Bobby. I really do. And I can't wait to get to the other two phases and focus on the phase I'm currently in. But so where can we find the program? Actually, you know what? I'll put it you in the actually well we can find it what's on my, your it's my you got to say my ig name the way you only you can say it and then i'll just tell them to check the link in the bio all right let's do that but also i could put it in the notes right i can do that i can put a link in the notes is your show not mine man yeah i could do that all right we could find bobby on instagram at bobby white that's b-o-b-b-y-w-h-y-t-e you could also find the good program at www.hypowe R-P-E-R-F-O-R-M-A-N-C-E dot com. Slash good drill. Well, they're going to see the whole website, right? I don't want to see the whole website. Okay. Forget about the whole website and just go right to good drill and get yourself a program. (laughs) Bobby, thank you so much for taking the time. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon, man. See you later. Later. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who tunes in across the globe. You are all far too kind. Appreciate, appreciate you all. And big thanks to Bobby White for joining in. We appreciate you too, man. Combo Nation. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Let me know how you feel about the show by dropping a comment on that Apple Podcast app or wherever you tune in to Combo's Court. Share this episode, share it with a friend, share it on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, share it on your IG stories, and tag me on Instagram at 12combo, that's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Be on the lookout for episode 352, Combo, out.